Hello! What you're listening to is an interview between me, Ari Levy, the creator and writer and producer of Tales from the Ridge, interviewing one of my favorite creators, Noah Pareto, the dungeon master of Try Not to Die Pod. This is just a snippet of our conversation around storytelling and world building and some of the differences between creating and telling a story on your own as a writer and one where someone else is also in control of those decisions, albeit by chance. For the full interview, head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash author, or Noah and Lise will be putting this interview up on theirs as well, so try not to die pod Patreon. This was such a fun time. I'm sure it won't be the last time that I collaborate with Noah. As always, thanks for listening. Yeah, I don't even know what's happening with my setup right now. Like if it's actually going through my mic or if it's going through later, <laughs> we'll find out. My my patrons are very used to like wild bonus content and like <laughs> questionable in quality. So Oh man, like, mine uh, are hopefully the same way. <laughs> I can't wait to have a stable enough income that I can be your guys's uh on your patreon because i want that afterlife content <laughs> oh god the afterlife is nuts honored to just have you as a listener truly thank you for taking the time to indulge in our fantasies literally yeah well i guess so first off um i would love to have you introduce yourself and what it is you do and why you're here happily um hello my name is noah Perito. i am the dm and co-showrunner of try not to die a dungeons and dragons podcast alongside my co-hosts lisa condemi and ashley goodwin um yeah i i have been playing D for a few years now and i fell into wanting to record it and now i it's my every single day every day is dedicated to it <laughs> i feel like there's a very distinct playing dungeons and dragons to i should make a dungeons and dragons podcast pipeline absolutely <laughs> There are no bends in that pipe. It is a straight <laughs> down into the hole of Podcastville. And you know what? I'm I'm happy about it. The podcasting is a very uh, democratized sort of. It is. It's medium, like a so. medium. Yeah. So that's it's very very cool. It is dangerous though. It's a dangerous pipeline. <laughs> I mean, you answered one of my questions. My first one was going to be what what initially drew you to Dungeons and Dragons? How long have you been playing? And how did you become a DM? Because that's not a role that a lot of people <laughs> hop into. No, it is not the chosen role most people seek. Um, I started, or rather I'd like, you know, we've all, many of us at least, I, I hope your patrons had heard of D&D before. <laughs> um, when, you know, we were growing up in TV shows and stuff like that, didn't really give it much thought. Always thought it was five friends gathered around a table in full costume. <laughs> Um, saying very, very nerdy things. But in 2017, I saw this show called Harmon Quest. That was, it was Dan Harmon and a, a few other comedians. And the, I guess maybe his personal DM, like someone who works with him. <laughs> and they just played D&D in front of a live audience and then post would animate it. And so they'd cut back and forth between these things. And I was like, oh my God, this is the next frontier of like uh -huh. content like yeah. improv storytelling that that is based in chance i i just fell in love with it and so i was like what the hell is this <laughs> looked it up 
bought myself a starter kit. I think I started with Pathfinder because I just didn't know the difference. Um, and then found out D&D was even simpler. And I was like, oh, let's do that. Um, <laughs> let's, let's take it down. Let's take it down a notch. Yeah, yeah let's, let's play them. You know what? I'm, I'm a beginner. This is interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a great game, but definitely was like, I was jumping into the deep end. But, you know, I was like, I want to do this so badly. But the only way to play D&D is to be the dm in a lot of ways like unless you have people in your life who are like oh i'm playing dnd i'll dm for you i yeah. uh, like i was just like okay i'm the only person i know who's doing it so i started <laughs> dming and then of course that brought in mm -hmm. the opportunities to play but yeah like you started put, like, the bat signal in the sky you're like <laughs> i will dm i will dm <laughs> they, like if you build it they will come like they just start coming. absolutely that applies to dm if you build a campaign players will come um <laughs> And it's, and you know, it's been, it's ever since then, it's been my every single day trying to get games together and um, recording now the podcast. The podcast started in 2020, but we kind of geared up for it in 2019 after I had listened to a bunch of not another D&D &D podcast and was, you know, learning about Dimension 20 and was like, okay, so... The fact is that me in 2017 saying this looks like the next frontier of content <laughs> are not necessarily misguided. <laughs> like, not, so, not the vanguard of that. that <laughs> I I was like, wait a minute, I need to. I should follow this instinct, and so yeah, here I am. It's almost three years into the podcast now, absolutely loving it, and. I mean, uh, shout out to obviously like NADPOD, Dementia Twenty, and Critical Role for educating me as I went along the way. <laughs> Yeah, I actually started with Pathfinder as well. I've actually never played like real just D and D, uh, oh. and then Starcraft was the other one I played, and then a few other like smaller, more like homebrew kind of things. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I but so everything I listen to though, for the most part, is D and D. So I feel like I know it in my yeah, you, parts. It's very straightforward. I feel like <laughs> if you can, I mean, Pathfinder is just D and D, but with like more rules to figure yeah. out more things whereas in D, D, you're kind of just like all right dm figure <laughs> out how you want that to be that's up to you so my next question was what would in the world of try not to die what do you think the prop like intellectual properties and media that you enjoy have inspired your world building and all that sort of stuff the most Oh man, I, I am a content fiend. I, I, I watch so much stuff. Well, I definitely, I mean, the world of Fayfall and the campaign was built from me being so frustrated with the world that we were living in at the time and now, but it's slightly different, good yeah, and bad, yeah, different yeah. ways. Um, but yeah, and like 2019, coming up on the 2020 election here in the United States, I was like, I'm so angry and so frustrated. And there doesn't seem to be a very easy, straightforward and safe way to get that out in our world. But D&D &D provides that opportunity. So a lot of the world building within, I mean, Emeralia, but then also Fayfall at large, was born from being like, what, what factions am I seeing in the real world? How do I like make them in a fantasy world? How do I kind of basing those, their um, guiding principles, how do I create organizations and stuff? And um, so that was like the main root of it all. And then from there, I mean, heavily inspired by lots of 
Studio Ghibli movies, lots of um I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean you you saw my Spotify wrapped on my <laughs> story. I I just loved the the grandiose, like the vastness of it. And um that really kind of set me off. I just was like picturing visuals and you using them to create a backdrop for a way to play out the world that we're living in. So I'm, I guess not really spoilers for Howl's Moving Castle because it is <laughs> many years old. You haven't watched it. <laughs> you really should. And this is minor. It's just that, you know, Howl's got like, he opens a door, he can like go to a different place that he has connected to his home base. And that was, I was like, oh, absolutely. I want that to be Marfin's thing as well. I want him <laughs> to have lots of doorways. So um, yes, heavily inspired, but clearly, clearly heavily inspired by that. And Nausicaa for like the vastness, the toxic jungle made me think of like how big things can really be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as much as it would be terrifying to live in a world of giant creatures, it is also pretty cool to live it's in a world sweet. of giant creatures. It might be a, tra- a good trade-off. Yeah. Um, yeah, you actually kind of hit on one of my other questions that I was going to ask about that, like, there's a huge thread of witnessing and experiencing a world that's falling into fascism that really yeah. obviously rings true um, for us right now. So I guess you kind of already talked about it. So I don't know if there's anything more you can extrapolate on uh, that in particular. But I, I guess, think, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, no, fin- finish for your question if you. Well, I was going to say, and it uh, kind of also tying it in, I had another whole subset of questions about um, the very like essential queerness of a lot of um, the story and the characters mm-hmm. and how those things are colliding with each other. As you so eloquently said, we are living in a world that is unfortunately in the grips of a like far right infection of sorts. And D&D kind of, as I said, gives you the space to kind of play around and like both, I mean, as the DM, it helps you really understand and get to the root of why people think that way, which in turn strengthens your own beliefs of like why that is really wrong and misguided. Um, But, you know, it was it's being able to create this world based on that and that that kind of fight has given me a lot of insight into where that mentality comes from and it has given me a way for i mean given me and lisa and ashley a way to really show how to combat those things like through community through love and support and honesty and basing things in truth and not in you know hearsay and such so I think that, um, I mean, I guess I'm very thankful for D&D to give me that tool, because otherwise I don't know how to deal with it in real life other than being like vote and advocate and, you know, protest, et cetera. Escapism, like for me, I, you know, like my, the kind of writing that I do is a lot more insular and um, personal because I'm not having to bounce it off of somebody else and like make it in real time. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, I I find that it's a, a great way to deal with things that um, we want to change in our world and confront them in a way that's safe, I think, right. too. That's so true. It is just like, we all have these frustrations. And I think good escapism isn't a total absence of reality and mm-hmm. like the issues you're facing, but it's a way of looking at those issues from through another lens or behind several layers right which makes it just so much more digestible and also i want to say that it i commend you 
being an author is honestly so much harder in my opinion <laughs> because I think that you know it is when you're sitting there I mean if you've dm'd or if I, i'm sure i have not i've only been a player i've i've been asked to dm and i've never made the jump <laughs> it is it's it's a scary leap especially if you've played before and you're like how do they do it but right. literally like i think of writing and when i'm planning it's like you're creating a bunch of outlines for potential stories and the idea of having to sit down and be like, okay, well, pick one. That one's the best <laughs> and real one and stick with it instead of being like, leave it up to chance. Right. It's, I, I admire that uh, that tenacity. I, I think literally I'm like, when you're DMing, it feels like you just have those like pathways in your mind that are like story tropes and like you get that understanding and you're like, let the water flow through the gates. And we'll, <laughs> we'll pick it up from there. We'll figure it out. Oh yeah. How often does the way that Lisa and Sola like interact with the world itself um, change it? And are there any particular moments that stand out to you that you really enjoyed or that like wildly changed your perception of what you thought you had built? Absolutely. I <laughs> I mean, that's again, this is why I love D&D because I'm like, you, you as the DM come in with the story uh, and you're like, this is this kind of story I want to be telling. And then your players make choices that they're like, actually, it's this kind of story. Actually, it's this kind of story. I mean, there has been so many moments in this show where I've been like, shit, I wasn't ready for that. You hide I mean, it very well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. <laughs> thank you. There might be some moments later where it's a little less, a little less hidden. But um, I think that... Pretty much, I mean, the wild shard as like a MacGuffin of sorts mm -hmm. has been, that was all, that's like controlled chaos. I know what was on that list. I like knew going in when I gave it to them. I was like, any of these things is going to happen. But their timing and use of those things, and anytime it's come up, it's always been like a random fact that I never could have predicted. Yeah. There's also a moment in, I want to say the first arc, so it's not a tremendous spoiler, where <laughs> Zola is in like a, um, has been like astral projected into some sort of temple, doesn't know where it is, doesn't know what it is, but has a sense that it's like connected to this large, something larger. And as she, she finds like a fountain and she approaches it and I expect her to just like, look at the fountain and like, <laughs> oh, roll nice <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, Lisa, like they'll roll a history check and I'll be like, oh, it looks like this. Mm, a mystery. You'll have to read a book. Um, and they're like, I cast dispel magic. On this. <laughs> that was like, oh no, I didn't even, I didn't even think about this possibility. It. And yeah. so like moments like that, I mean, and there's another moment that I won't say what it is because it's a major spoiler, but it happened in the most recent, most recent arc, um, the arc before the fifth arc, no, the fourth arc, I think it's, it's somewhere in like the sixties and seventies, something happens to Zola that I was just not prepared for that. Absolutely. Like it happens and I improv the rest of the session. And there's another moment like that where a role went in my favor that I didn't expect and a bunch of roles weren't going in their favor. And that's yeah. somewhere, that's like episode 17, no, sorry, episode like 24, uh, somewhere in the 20s. And it absolutely changed the next four episodes. We played four whole episodes that I had to like come up with on the fly that <laughs> changed who Zola is as a character and the things that weigh on her. I mean... Oh boy, too many moments, too many moments. <laughs> I got see, I don't have to deal with that. 
<laughs> that's true you're, hopefully your characters don't suddenly write a page or two I mean, and you're like that happens mm. like there will be surprises where it feels like i've lost control of the narrative and that the story itself is telling itself and i'll be like i have no idea like i just finished doing nano rainbow for this year oh, and i nice. got i got to like the second to last chapter and realized I was about like 10,000 words short from where I needed to be. And then all of a sudden my characters were like, we're going to a gay bar. And I was like, okay. Boom, pages. <laughs> that See, that is in essence, like that is the, that is the, I would say the more refined version of what DMing, DMing yeah. ends up happening. Mine's like all, yours is like, oh, this came to me. And mine's like hindsight. Oh, that's what the story <laughs> is. Okay, guess we're doing this. One of the things, and because I've never played D&D for real before, I, I'm not, I never know for sure. I can guess what is the game and what you have like built out from the game. Mm -hmm. um, so I was interested in, all of the different forms of like government and society that you've put into try not to die so like the caste system for the dwarves and i mm -hmm. I, I was obsessed with drifting like, oh obsessed thank <laughs> I you i almost wanted zola to get trapped there <laughs> so that there would be a whole arc of her living there and trying to get off of drifting totally um, but like the kind of like social anarchy of Driften was so cool. And then, you know, there's obviously like the empire and then mm. I, I don't even know what you would call brigands. Oh like, yeah. I guess like it's a, kind of like a, kind of like, I was gonna say, it's like a community, but it's also, they've got their like, <laughs> they have like a council of elders. Right, right, and yeah. I, I, I was going to call it a PTA. <laughs> yeah. They're like the PTA because here's the thing. They, they are more like the local leaders of just the area right you know right. like the, the zuhat sandaria as they are called the the elder green they um only gather when they need to make a decision that they like concerns the whole group other than that it's like you know one area might be run by someone who is the descendant of the original founder of that little like mm -hmm. family and then or another one might be like well, yeah we vote every year to decide <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah i oh man it has been Kind of again tapping onto like the understanding and like combating fascism i was like this is also a great way for me to understand and kind of test out different types of government and you know better understand them again to solidify my own opinions but then also to like that i mean that's how you world build you're like not every society is gonna have yeah. be the exact same one i was really i really wanted to be able to kind of test out some non-traditional governments in emeralia because it felt like it's at a weird temporal junction where there's like a lot has happened in the world's history but not so much that everyone has been like colonized or like forced under the same right. types of government there's still like a bunch of different options um and so be i just kind of was like okay I have to, I'm creating something here. Well, I don't want it to be the same thing as something that's here. Okay, how do, what's either, what's like a polar opposite or what's something I haven't done. And so you, you get drift in where it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's basically anarchy, but you have one person who's like looking for dangers against the city. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have the empire, which is a very classic, like top down empire, you know, mm -hmm. um, flaws and all. <laughs> And, and and then, you know, I wanted to, after I did like those kind of governments that are 
that almost are organic, like they kind of just like pop up people trying to organize and control things or people being like, well, let's like, you know, let it kind of free flow and see how it goes. And that's where like the dwarves came from. And then later on the elves and like how family and heritage and those kind of politics play into okay. um, governments. So, I mean, Emerald and Emerald is just one continent. There's plenty of continents and they're all run in very, very different ways. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you're interested in it and, and um, listening and pointing out these great features. I, I always forget about Drifton because it was so quick. It's so quick. I planned so, so much. But it's just <laughs> like, I was going to ask about that too, of like how looking at what the story has done so far and you're like, okay, these are the next steps. Because I, I, I want to say that uh, now I'm, I'm a really bad uh D&D consumer because I don't watch Dimension 20 or Critical Role. I'm an I'm an Adventure Zone girly. Oh, Adventure Zone. I I I smashed the Adventure Zone as well. I my experience with listening to Dungeons and Dragons and I mean in playing it too. I I want to applaud you for being like the least railroady DM <laughs> I've seen. Uh, wow, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> But I, that's got to take a lot of like improv and also like outlining on your part. Yep. Uh, I would say, you know, there's three components that go into it. Obviously, Lisa and Ashley are two of my, the closest people in my lives. I have so much trust with them. I know that I can be like, here's, you know, like throwing out clues and being like, okay, I believe in them that they'll pick up on the story and follow it in a way that I will be able to predict. So having that trust is, is absolutely essential. Um, then, of course, you know, there is, I've done D&D enough that I've gained some improv skills based <laughs> on, and, and I've consumed too much content. So I've got that as well. But then three, definitely over planning. Every time I'm like, yeah, my thing with any sort of DM, don't introduce something that you're not prepared for your players to be like, that is my whole world. It's like, this is my whole identity. Yeah. Like, it's literally, you you just want to any, and of course they're still going to pick up on things that you don't right. fill out the back. Like, I mean, so many NPCs in this freaking podcast have been just like Lisa being like, Oh, uh, Who's that? And I'm like, okay, that's look at my NPC <laughs> list name. Like and that <laughs> gnome in Drifton that like yeah. abandoned at the bar. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like that was just like someone who I I mean, I thought that they would get away slash like find another way out of that conversation. And they just didn't. And so as the DM, I'm like, well, I guess I gotta bring them along, right? And then <laughs> bar scene ensued and I was like okay that'll be the way we, we escape this NPC but yeah just I try and prepare as much as I can you know I my documents are are massive I have many many my, they're numerous um <laughs> yes just folders and folders 88 percent of my google docs is full um but I you know I try and create as much backstory as I can and then I usually like you know if so for like cities and stuff i'm like okay you gotta have at least these 10 things that you're <laughs> definitely gonna interact with um and then i try and like keep my mind in like an aesthetic area of like what was like the what were the few things that came into creating this area and that really helps you come up with things on the fly i mean like emeralia was is loosely based off of a lot of europe and so that helps me go like okay well this area was based off of these three countries and the cultures that are there like loosely inspired by that so 
here's how we'll come up with a name. Here's how we'll come up with a place. Like, give me, give me 30 seconds. I can make a tavern that's themed based <laughs> on the cuisine here. Yeah. So we're going to hit 530 here in just a second where we'll have to switch mm. to the other one. But so we'll, I'll end it with this. Um, I, for, for some reason, just because I think I'm so used to seeing uh, medieval Europe being based like, you know, fantasy, medieval fantasy mm. being very, um, I mean, Britain-based, essentially, right? Yeah, totally. And so when it started off in, like, Italy, essentially, I was like... <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's Lisa and I are both... Uh, we have Italian-American heritage. It just felt like a no-brainer. And they had come up with Gorgonzola. They thought it was, like, you know, they had, they had I seen... I love the orcs being named after cheese. It's all because... I adore it. <laughs> that's a classic example of my players coming up with something and me essentially being like, okay, well, the whole thing's based on that choice now. When they came up with the name Gorgonzola, I was like, okay, well, now every orc has to be named something cheesy because otherwise, <laughs> why do you have this really, really specific name? Uh, at least uh, that's how my head wraps around it, you know? Yeah. You got to come up with reasons that it's good for you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this little teaser. Again, all you have to do is join my Patreon for as little as $1 a month. That is $12 for a whole year over at patreon.com slash author. And Try Not to Die will be throwing this up on their Patreon for bonus content as well. So go give them some love. It's a fantastic podcast. I hope you check them out. Try Not to Die pod. Thanks for listening.